It's time to pull up a chair and open your Bible for today's Bible study segment of Naomi's Table. Now, here's our teacher, Ruth Christian. Good afternoon, sisters. It's good to be back with you as we forge ahead with our study on 1 John. I want to review a few things, the, the key things John's told us so far. Jesus, the Son of God, is eternal life and has given us this life. This is the real life that God wants all of us to have. Fellowship is a sharing of that common life, and the fruit of this fellowship is joy. Sin, however, will hinder our fellowship, so we have to deal with it. We, and, uh, but we can have victory over sin by walking in the light. We've also seen John told us that um, Jesus is our advocate, our defense attorney before the throne. And why would we need one? Well, because the enemy is there hurling accusations at us that we really aren't a child or we, you know, we should be punished for our sin. But Jesus is saying, no, yes, they did sin, but I covered that. That's why he's our propitiation. He satisfied our sin. Then we saw that proof that we know God is obedience. And one of the things that he asks us to do is to love one another. No matter what spiritual maturity level we're at, that's God's requirement for all of us. So then, now we're going to switch gears a little bit, and it'll be kind of the antithesis, if you will. It's going to be the love that God hates, that he doesn't want to see in his children. Today we see this contrast very clearly. So we're going to read, start at chapter 2, verses 15 through 17. Do not love the world or the things of the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that's in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. The world is passing away, and the lust of it. But he who does the will of God abides forever. Worldliness is an attack on a relationship with God. We have to realize that. Verse 15, we have the problem with love of the world. Uh, 16 shows us that, that um, we don't want to have the character of the world, and we see what the character of the world is here. Verse 17, we see the folly of the world. Now, the world here means the world system. Not the, the global earth or not mass humanity. It's talking about the world system. John told us that if we walk in sin's darkness and claim to be in fellowship with God, we're lying. That was chapter 1, verse 6. Now John points out a specific area of sin that especially threatens our fellowship with God. Worldliness. To love the world and the things of the world. Instead, it is uh, the world is a community of sinful humanity that's united in rebellion against God. One of the first examples of this idea of the world in the Bible, um, this, this world system, really helps us to understand the point. It's Genesis 11, where it sp speaks of human society's united rebellion against God at the Tower of Babel. At the Tower of Babel, there was an anti-God leader of humanity. His name was Nimrod. There was organized rebellion against God in disobeying the command to disperse over the whole earth. There was direct distrust of God's word and promise 
in building what was probably a, a water-safe tower to protect against a future flood from heaven. The whole story of the Tower of Babel also shows us another fundamental fact about the world system. The world's progress, technology, government, and organization can make man better off, but not better. Because we like better off, it's easy to fall into the love of the world. Finally, the story of the Tower of Babel shows us that the world system, as impressive and winning as it appears to be, will never win out over over God. The Lord defeated the rebellion at the Tower of Babel easily. The world system will never win out over God. Then he says, he mentions the things of the world. This isn't so much a warning against the love, you know, like for the beauty of the world that God created, though we know we must love the creator, not the creation. Worship him, not his creation. Instead, it's more of a warning against loving material things which characterize the world system. Then he goes on to say, if anyone loves the world and really loves here, uh, a lot of John's commands here, they're in the present tense in the Greek, so it's a continual thing. So we're not supposed to continue or continually love the world. The love of the Father is not in him. Simply put, love for the world is incompatible with love for the Father. Therefore, if one claims to love God and yet loves the world, there's something wrong with his claim to love God. This is what John is saying. Then he says, For all that's in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, is not of the Father, but is of the world. First, let's remember, Satan is the ruler of this world. To this day, every temptation, every attack from the enemy, and every worldly seduction falls into one of these three categories because Satan has no other plays. We've seen it since the beginning of time. In other words, let's think about Genesis. In Genesis 3.6, we read that Eve saw the tree of the knowledge of good and evil um, and that it was good for food. And in that, you see the lust of the flesh. It was pleasant to the eyes, the lust of the eyes, and would make one wise. You see the pride of life. In Matthew 4 that we talked about a few lessons ago, the, the Satan tempting Jesus, we read that Satan tried to tempt him to turn stones into bread. That's lust of the flesh. To look at the kingdoms that could be his, lust of the eyes, and to prove himself to the people by jumping from the pinnacle. That's pride of life. So this is still his playbook. Therefore, to counter the lust of the flesh and, and, and the lusts that are in the world, do what Paul did when he said, I don't allow my body to have mastery over me. 1 Corinthians 9, verse 27. And to counter the lusts of the eyes, we should do what David did when he said, I will set no wicked thing before my eyes. Psalm 101, verse 3. And to counter the pride of life, do what Jesus did when he humbled himself and made himself of no reputation. Philippians 2, verse 7. Now, we need to know this, verse 17, that that we've been talking about. All 
that is in the world is based upon the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. And it's all going to pass away. He who does the will of God abides forever, John says. This stands in strong contrast to the passing world. Because some things are forever, it's much wiser to invest our lives in that which cannot be lost, doing the will of God. So let's remember this. We're in uh, regular contact with three eternal things. The Holy Spirit of God, the people around you, and the eternal words recorded in the Bible. Time, attention, and expense put into those things pays eternal rewards. Love of the world is a love God hates. It's not a love that we want to have. So let's glorify God with our lives, live for him. Until next time, stay close and keep looking up.